What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus. My name is Shane Winnings. Today, we're going to be talking about walking like Jesus. Can we walk the same walk that Jesus walked? What are we called to do? Um, what does it mean to live a life of righteousness? Does it matter how we live? We're going to cover some scriptures, and I believe you're going to leave encouraged uh, after hearing this and burning with a passion to pursue Jesus. I mean, that's why this podcast has its name. I want you to run after him. And uh, part of doing that is living like he did. So thank you for listening, guys. We've already reached 50,000 people this year with just the podcast. That's almost half of what we did in the last entire year. So we've done in a month and a half what we did in six months last year. So we're way ahead. I'm so thankful. And the reason we're reaching so many is because of sharing. So please keep sharing if this speaks to you. Second thing quickly, Overcomers Discipleship School. Overcomers Incorporated is my nonprofit. I'm launching the first discipleship school this summer from July 16th through the 28th in Dallas, Texas. Send me a DM if you want to join. I opened it up. I was going to do 30 to 50 students and we already have 50 submissions. So I think I'm going to have to open it up to 100 and we'll just pray for God to make a way. But the first 50 uh, submissions are already in. Um, So if you want to come, if you want to dive into identity, gifts of the Spirit, walking in evangelism and and reaching the lost, going out, praying for people uh, to be healed, seeing miracles, burning for Jesus for a lifetime. If you want to dive into this stuff, a lot of question and answer, fellowship with me, fellowship with other students, you've got to get down here to Dallas. If you cover your travel, I will cover lodging. So if you're interested, send me a DM on Instagram at shane.winnings. Finally, if you want to partner with us, listen, pretty much everything that I do is free. It's donor-based, which means this podcast is free. My YouTube is free. My social medias are free. Everything, my meetings, I have never charged for a meeting. It's all free. And if you want to help us keep going, I mean, gosh, we're doing a discipleship school. I'm going to cover lodging, which is like, probably going to be thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, but we're going to make it happen. If you want to partner with us, we need 77 more partners. Last week, we picked up um, eight partners. I was so grateful. So can we do another, can we do 15 this week? Um, looking for $1 a day or $30 a month commitment. We need 77 more to reach our goal for what we want to do this year. DM me on Instagram if you're willing. And I will include you in the monthly donor Zooms, which the first one is happening this week. I'm so excited to do that. And the way you sign up is you go to shanewinnings.com and just click give and you can sign up there. Thank you so much, guys. All of you who partner seriously, we couldn't do it without you. I'm so, so grateful. Okay, here we go. First John 2. There's so many verses that talk about living like Jesus, but, but this is, I'm just going to read the first 11 verses, okay? Because this is so powerful. Actually, let's start in verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. So it's not just by this we know him. It says now by this we know that we know him. So there's a, there's a confidence there. There's a security there. It's saying this is how I know that I know God, if we keep his commandments. Now I want to pause here. It doesn't mean if you break one of his commandments, you don't know him. 
it does mean that you don't know him as closely as you could, because if you knew him as closely as Jesus did, you would never break a commandment, right? And the goal is to become more like Jesus every day. But what it, but another commandment that we have is that if we um, miss the mark, we're to repent, we're to um, confess to the Lord, we're to, uh, you know, recognize that we've missed the mark, thank him for forgiving us, and turn away from that sin. That is also keeping in line with what he taught. So it's not just, oh man, I messed up, now I'm outside of his love and his, you know, his will. No, it's you've messed up. What are you going to do now? Because if you repent and you make things right and you keep walking on that narrow path and you don't just give up and walk away, then you're actually still within his will. God knows you're not going to be perfect. That's why Jesus died, because no one's perfect. Um, He died to make a way. So I don't want the scriptures to condemn you. I want you to be convicted by scripture, but I but don't read them with the wrong context or in the wrong heart. So this is how we know that we know God. If we keep his commandments, that means my desire, my my heart, my mind is set on following God and if I bump into sin and I mess up, I have an advocate the Bible says and I and I come before God and I say, "Lord, I'm so sorry. I totally messed up. I totally missed it here. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that." Thank you for your forgiveness. You don't have to ask God for forgiveness every time. He already forgave you of all of your sins. The Bible says that you've been cleansed. Your sins have already been removed. So it's not a matter of forgiveness anymore. It's a matter of what are you going to do if you miss it? You repent. You say, Lord, I shouldn't have done that. I recognize that. I am going to continue following you. Thanks for making me more like you. Remember, the Bible says that uh, regret produces death. It leads to death. But godly sorrow leads to repentance. Regret is, I'm such an idiot. I should have never done that. I knew better. Gosh, now God's going to be so... You know you know that kind of talk? We're talking about godly sorrow where you sin and it hurts your heart and you're just like, oh, I'm so sorry, God. And it leads to repentance because the goodness, the kindness of God leads us to repent. We recognize, man, he's not standing up there with his arms folded and he's got a gavel and he's just like... There it is. You sinned. You're done. I've cut you off. No, he's a good father, and he's saying, come here, listen, there's a better way for you. Now, just because God is kind, and just because he's loving, and just because sin is forgiven, it doesn't mean that you might not face consequences, because sin does have consequence. That is one of the reasons that God, you know, doesn't want us to sin, because it produces death. It leads to death in ways. There's consequences. Um, so just know that as you repent, as there's godly sorrow, that doesn't mean you're off the hook. Like you might have a consequence. You might, let's say you go out and, and you're, I don't know, you're frustrated and you're not looking and you drive 90 miles an hour in a 60 and you get pulled over and you experience godly sorrow. You're just like, God, I'm so sorry. You know, I should not have done that. I recognize I was totally in my flesh. I wasn't paying attention. It was dangerous. I shouldn't have gone that fast. I'm sorry, God. Thanks for loving me. Thanks that you forgive me. You're not holding this over my head. You're not punishing me. I, I, I love you. I'm your son or I'm your daughter. Thank you, God. And who knows? You might get a ticket. And that's not God punishing you. That's just a natural cause of violating a traffic law is that you might get a ticket. And so if you get a ticket, you just need to go, okay, you know, this is the consequence for what I did, but I'm thankful that I'm right with God. 
Is this making sense, guys? This is so important for us because there are people who get condemned by the word and they don't continue walking in righteousness because they feel like they've been cut off, they've been exiled by God because they messed up or something. Hey, newsflash, you're not going to be perfect. But that doesn't let you off the hook from walking as he walked. You need an understanding. You need a revelation of when you miss it. Hey, I'm still running after God. He still loves me. He loved me while I was a sinner and an enemy. Now I'm his kid. Like, he loves me. That is never on the table. That's never a question. And I'm going to let godly sorrow hit my heart because I never want my heart to get hard or cold. I always want to be tender towards God, which means I need to be tender towards sin. I need to be sensitive towards sin. I never want to become calloused or hardened to where I can tolerate sin or I don't care about sin. I want to stay tender. And when you miss it, godly sorrow hits and you continue walking in a narrow path. That's a breakdown here of 1 John 2, 3. This is how you can know that you know him. You're keeping his command. What does that mean? You're continuing on the narrow path regardless of what happens along the way. Now, why did I say all that? Because verse 4, people condemn themselves all the time. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commands is a liar and the truth of God and the truth is not in him. Again, if you read this with the wrong perspective, you're going to go, well, I say that I know God, but I've messed up before. Am I a liar? Is the truth not in me? And you'll begin to condemn yourself. Do you see why I spent so much time on verse 3? Guys, just a little plug, but this is the kind of stuff we're going to be going over in my two-week school. We are going to hammer this stuff. We're going to have tons of time for questions. You're going to be able to ask, what about this? What about that? We're going to get into it, okay? Because I want you to know some of these simple truths so that the Word doesn't come back to condemn you, but that you can look at the Word and say, I see. This is a person who says, I know God, but doesn't keep His commands. This is a person who outwardly says, I know God, but inwardly their heart's far from Him. They're living on their own. They're living apart from God. They're not following His law. They don't have any heart for God. They're just saying, I know Him. Is that making sense? Verse 5, But whoever keeps His word... Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And then he begins to give some examples about a a brother hating a brother. Well, you're in darkness. Then he goes to do not love the world. If you love the world, the love of the father is not in you. Because here's what's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not from God, it's from the world. And it says, the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. And then he begins to talk. Right here is the, uh, an amazing verse, 28. And now little children, he's talking to disciples, not little kids. Abide in him. Abide in God, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Last verse, 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Now, this could be not a great comparison. I don't know. But think about even in sports. Like, I like to play golf. I practice golf. Are there times that I'm not as strict with my practice? Sure. Are there times that my practice doesn't go well? Yeah. But I am 
practicing. I am pursuing to get better at golf. And so I, I put the effort in. I put the time in, you know, when I can. So let me ask you this. Do you practice righteousness? I'm not asking you right now, are you perfect? I'm asking you, do you practice righteousness? Do you practice walking as Jesus walked? Do you practice following God's law? If you look at the the scope of your life and what you do, you know, with your free time, are you trying your best to live for God? Now, this isn't a, you know, pass-fail, grading a test type of thing. Well, we'll see if you did enough. No, I'm asking, is your motivation, is your desire, are your efforts focused towards living for God, or are you just living for yourself, or are you just doing whatever you want? Because if you're just doing whatever you want, and you're not considering God, you're not thinking God, you're not whatever then you might not be practicing righteousness because righteousness to, to go practice. Let me, let me put it like this. I don't just accidentally find myself practicing golf. I have to get, I have to make plans. I have to make sure that I'm free. I carve some time out usually really early in the morning before anyone is up doing anything or during a nap time, I can go across the street for an hour to the range and I go practice, but it's a, it's an intentional thing. I don't just find myself on the range and I find myself working on a swing or working on a chip or a putt, it's intentional. You're not just going to find yourself living righteously. It's not going to happen. Why? Because we're, we're born sinners. So first we need to get born again, but then we still live in a fleshly sinful body that the Bible says is at war with our spirit. And the Bible says that if we live by the Spirit, we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. That means that the flesh has desires and that I have to live by the Spirit. And in order to do that, I have to crucify my flesh daily. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you need to deny yourself, carry your cross daily and follow me. The Bible says we're working out our salvation like there's things that we intentionally have to do. You're not going to wake up and just find yourself living righteously. Now, are you righteous? Yes. Why? Not because of anything you've done. You are righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says he has imputed, he has given and put in and upon you his righteousness. That is what he paid for when he died for you to have the righteousness of God living inside of you. He made him who who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. It is what we are becoming, Colossians 1. It tells us that we are holy, blameless, and righteous in the sight of God. This is what Jesus paid for. So it's it's not a positional thing that's up in the air. I'm asking you, are you living righteously? Are you making decisions to live a righteous life? David said in the Psalms, I love your law. Like, do you love God's law? Do you want to follow him? Because if we're going to talk about walking as Jesus walked, the world and your flesh, it does not want you to follow Jesus. And so naturally, it's going to gravitate towards the things of the world. And as a Christian, we have the power 
to overcome those things because of the Holy Spirit working within us. That requires yielding to the Holy Spirit, not yielding to your flesh. So if you want to walk as Jesus walked, it is a very intentional thing. And this is why he says in, in uh, verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. This is just like a sport. It's just like a hobby. It is an intentional thing. Now, I'm not waking up and trying to earn anything or get God to love me or notice me or affirm me or whatever. That is not the motivation. We already covered it. Your identity is in him as a son or a daughter, holy, blameless, and righteous because of Jesus Christ. Nothing to do with works, none of that stuff. Don't get this twisted. This is about a diligent, militant, disciplined lifestyle. Okay, so let's not get our motivations mixed up. We're not doing this to get anything from God. We're doing this to subdue our flesh and to focus the aim and the effort of our lives on him. We're waking up and we're saying, today, I'm going to practice righteousness. I'm going to re-up my commitment daily. Today, I'm going to practice righteousness. Today, I'm going to get in my word. That's not religious. That's saying, hey, I recognize my flesh might not want to get in the Word. I, actually, I know that my flesh wants nothing to do with the Word. My flesh wants to just watch TV and pig out and do whatever else, and my flesh has sinful desires as well. Guess what? I don't live by the flesh. I'm not obeying that. Flesh, you listen to me. You're going to say, yes, sir, and you're going to do what I want to do. I don't care what my flesh wants to do. I know that my spirit needs to get in the Word. And you know what? In my spirit, I want to get in the Word. I desire more of God. And so today, I'm going to make sure I get in the Word. I'm going to worship because something happens in my spirit and in my mind and just in me and my soul when I worship. I can feel a tangible difference in my outlook and my perspective and the hope that grows inside of me. I'm going to worship today. I'm going to make sure I, I set some time aside to worship and I'm definitely going to pray. No, I'm not just going to walk into the prayer closet and ask for things. I am going to pray. I'm going to magnify God. I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to tell him how great he is. I'm going to encourage myself in truth. I'm going to pray in tongues for a while because I'm edifying myself. I'm going to get in there. And you know what? I might have some things I need to present before the Lord. I might have some requests and supplications, and that's totally fine. But that's not the effort. That's not the main point of my prayer time. My prayer time is to glorify, magnify, and exalt God. I, want, I heard that a, a wise uh, minister said, if I had 10 minutes to pray, I would spend nine minutes worshiping God and one minute asking. Guys, this is living a righteous life. It is choosing to live by the Spirit on purpose. It's intentional. The opposite is practicing living in the world. And this is why in Matthew 7, Jesus says to those who are seemingly qualifying themselves, well, Lord, didn't we do miracles? Didn't we prophesy? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practiced lawlessness. You who practiced Lawlessness. Lawlessness is living as if God never gave them a law or a command to obey. 
which means they became a god unto themselves. They lived totally for themselves, but they maintained a Christian confession, and they even did things in the name of Jesus, but their hearts were far from him. Remind you of a verse we just read? He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. That's these people from Matthew 7. They're saying, God, God, hey, look, we did all the things. Come on, we know you. And Jesus says, I don't know you. I am the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the truth. The truth is not in you. You may have done all these things. All the miracles happen because of my name, not because of you. My name is what makes healing happen. My name is what drives demons out. My spirit is who gave you those words that were prophetic. But I am the truth, and I am not in you, and I don't even know you. And in fact, you spent your life practicing lawlessness. You practiced living for the world. Someone who practices tries to get better. These are people who practice trying to get better at their sin. So if unless you are practicing trying to get better at sin, and you're a Christian, you don't have any reason to be afraid. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear, and fear has to do with torment and with judgment. So there's either a couple of options here when we're talking about walking with Jesus. The reason that you might be afraid is, one, you might be backsliding. You might be living in sin, and so you're worried. You're concerned. I would be glad that you're concerned. That means your heart is not hard. You're not too cold. Turn away from that sin and follow Jesus Christ. Don't practice sin. Don't find yourself in this position of someone who's practicing sin. Practice righteousness. That requires discipline. Secondly, you might just not have a good revelation. You might be totally living for God. You know, you mess up here and there. Um, you're not perfect. You're not making excuse for it, but you're not, you know, willfully, habitually sinning. But you don't have a good revelation, and so you're actually letting the word condemn you. I need you to know that you are free in the name of Jesus Christ. You've been bought with the price. You've been sealed for the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. You are blameless, righteous, and holy in his sight. Continue to practice righteousness. You're not going to be tormented. You're not going to be judged in the way that you're thinking you're going to be judged when we stand before him. You're going to be judged righteously because the blood of Jesus is speaking for you. So don't let the word come and condemn you that's actually supposed to set you free. Guess what? You are supposed to keep walking righteously for Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, let's keep burning for him. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to say it's so worth it. It was so worth it to live for Jesus. Amen? Well, guys, bless you. Thanks for watching today. Thanks for listening. We'll have another episode tomorrow, of course, Monday through Friday. I'm going to be cranking these episodes out. Guys, exciting announcement before we get off here. I am live streaming uh, a bunch of revival services I held over the summer of 2021 when I did my nationwide tour. I think I've got like 10 uh, messages that I was able to download two, three hours each. I'm talking gospel proclamation, miracles on camera as we pray for the sick. You could receive those prayers for yourself as well. I'm going to be live streaming them on my YouTube starting tonight at 6 p.m. Central. So make sure you follow me on YouTube, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you then.